Um, there's a verse that's about to appear on the screen. <laughs> like I was ready. Oh, there we go. Uh, my wife and I have been coming to Seven Oaks Alliance for seven years. It seems like a lot less, actually, because of COVID, because we weren't actually present, but we've actually been coming for seven years, um, and it has been an amazing experience for us. The Oh, I'm going to get emotional. This is unexpected. The first time we came here, um, both my wife and I went, oh, God is doing profound things in this body, and we want to be a part. And so that's why we stayed. Because there is a plan for this body and this church. I think, probably like many of you, I think the lighting of that cross uh, was not just an expensive bill, but it is also prophetic for maybe what God wants to do, not only in this community, but in this church. And the number of times already that we've been driving around and I've looked up and seen that cross already, I'm now constantly putting my eyes up. And uh, maybe let's pray for a moment that just like my eyes are being raised to that cross in this community, that others will see it as well. So let's just pray as we start. Father, we trust you with the plans you have for us. We know that it is, as your word says, for a hope and a future. And as your word says, when he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. So draw the community, Father, not just to this building, but to your sacrifice. As the song we just said, your blood and your love, they run red. Thank you, Father. We trust you. Amen. Jamie, where are you? Where's a red light? There's a red light somewhere. Oh, Jamie, we already prayed for you. You're probably getting better already. I'm sure you were watching us uh, on live stream. Uh, we love you. We miss you. Come quickly. <laughs> Come quickly. Uh, Lamentations, it says, for his compassions never fail, they are new every morning. Lamentations 3, I won't read the extended verse, but you can go there. It's right after Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Take a look. When I woke up this morning, as often happens with me in the morning, I opened my eyes. It's just a habit of mine. I slipped my feet onto the ground, also a habit. Unless sometimes if my wife's gone to work early, I stay in bed longer, true story. But... I slip my feet on the ground, and often this verse comes to my mind. And I've programmed myself to think about that. Because I want to believe that every day is a plan that God has for me that I don't know. And that plan is filled with grace and mercy and love. So I sit on the end of my bed and I say, your mercies are new every morning. What I love about this is if I had a particularly bad day the day before, I can put it in the day before because I have a new morning and new mercies. I was thinking a lot this week about 
Um, maybe you heard, I'm kind of going off track, but we're okay. We're still good. We'll get there. Maybe you heard there was this house that exploded in Whitehorse. Did anybody hear about that? Maybe it didn't make the news. Um, there, was this, there was this couple that were asleep, and the house next door had had some work done on uh, the furnace downstairs, but it wasn't done well. And the basement of the house next door filled with gas or propane. And about five o'clock in the morning, that propane ignited, or gas, lifted the house off its foundation, flipped it, and landed it back down. And it is a pile of sticks. Right next door was a couple that were sleeping. The lady, right at that time, before the explosion went off, woke up having to go to the washroom. She walked out of her room, went to the washroom, and the explosion went off. Her husband, who was sleeping in the bed, was killed instantly, right next door. The son of that couple is somebody that I know. What was amazing to me, I happened to be with him, standing right beside him. I handed him the phone when he got the call. And immediately, of course, he was overcome with emotion. And I, and I didn't know what it was, and he said, I, I said, are you okay? Are you okay? Do you want to talk? I didn't know what it was. He says, I can't talk right now. And he, he just left. He just left where we were and just went to take a walk. I talked to him the next day. He told me the story. And I said to him, the only thing you can say, how are you doing? That's all we've got <laughs> in a situation like that. How are you doing? And he says, I'm amazed, he said. I was about three minutes into my grieving. He said, and the Holy Spirit came and set me in order. Immediately, he was my rescuer in that moment. He said, when I first met, he's somebody that I know, he says, when I first met you six months ago, he said, I had nothing in reserve. He says, I was empty. I did not, he says, six months ago, this would have killed me. He said, I had nothing in reserve. And he said, for six months now, I have been building up my faith and accepting the grace that is new every morning and learning to live in that grace so that when that trouble came, he said, I had reserve. I had a storehouse that I never knew I had. He was rescued, in a sense, by the Holy Spirit in that moment. I've been thinking a lot about that this week and just his experience and thinking, is grace something that we can have a reserve of? Is faith something that we can have a reserve of that we're storing up and we don't know until we need it? And I'm willing to be corrected, because I've only been thinking about this this week. <laughs> but it appears to me like you can. So if life is good right now, 
Don't take it for granted. Continue to do what you do to get spiritual health because you don't know when trouble comes. And then in that moment, who will you reach out to if you don't have a reserve? You might just be trusting in yourself. You might need a rescuer if life is good. Now we're going to talk about now when life is not so good. I want you to, the only other slide I have today, I want you to throw that up for me. Does anybody know what that is? What is that? Those are weebles. You have to be a certain age to know what a weeble is. What is this, Richard, what is what they used to say in the commercial? Thank you. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I was in Finland a couple of weeks ago, and I brought a weeble because I wanted to share this story with them, and I, it's a church of just young people. Like, there was only one person that was my age. Everybody else was younger. And I pulled out my little weeble, and I put it on the thing, and I said, does anybody know what this is? Absolutely no response. That is a weeble. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. A few years ago, I was, uh, I was in a church, and I saw this young couple uh, coming from the back of the church, uh, walking towards me because they were looking for prayer. Now, forgive me, because it was many years ago, I have no recollection whatsoever what they were coming forward for, because this isn't the, that's not the important part of the story. So they, they come up and they sit down in front of me. And so I, you know, I do what you do. They give me their request. And then so, okay, let's pray. So I put my head down. And something we've been learning in this church, we just had a Holy Spirit encounter weekend, is that maybe one of the things that we do when we pray is we listen first instead of talk. It's a good habit because maybe he wants to speak. We don't know. Maybe he wants to speak to us. If he doesn't speak, then, you know, it's a free-for-all. You can pray whatever you want. So I just put my head down, and immediately this phrase, which Richard just shared, pops into my mind. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. And I'm thinking, Holy Spirit, we need more than this. (laughs) This is... (laughs) This is not what they came for. They did not come for a 1970s toy commercial. I'm like, okay, weevils wobble, but they don't fall down. And I literally said, Holy Spirit, is there anything else? And he said, no. Weevils wobble, but they don't fall down. So I opened my eyes, and I look at this young couple, and they were, they were young. I look at this young couple, and I said, would you happen to know what a weeble is? And they said what is absolutely the most awkward thing, no idea. Because now I have to explain to them what a weeble is. Try to explain that. I said, so it's like an egg-shaped man. There are always people with a little weight on the bottom, and you can't push them over. And they're looking at me. And they said to her, I still remember, she says to me, 
I think it was him, or yeah, I think it was her. She says to me, you got anything else? <laughs> I said, I'm really sorry, that's all I got. <laughs> I got weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. The chances of them entertaining prayer ministry again in this church is very unlikely, right? But I'm not just going to share, I'm not gonna add. This is all I know. And so I'm just gonna stop there. So I just said, I'm sorry, but weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. That's all I got. And they went, okay. So they pop up, they leave. And I remember thinking, well, I'll never see them again, thankfully. Gets a little emotional for me telling this story. So little did I know, and little did they know, about three months after that prophetic word, that young girl falls into a deep depression, clinical, needs to be medicated, is housebound. And this goes on for the next, you know, almost a year. I'm back in that church <laughs> a year later, and I see this couple walking towards me, and I recognize them immediately, because how many times I have thought about that stupid thing that I said that year ago? And they walk up, and I'm like, oh, no. But they walk up, and they says, do you remember us? I said, oh, I do. <laughs> I, said, I said, did anything ever happen with Weebles Wobble that they don't fall down? And she tells me the story of the depression that she entered into. And she said, I could not even pray. She said, but the craziest thing she said, all as I could say, was weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. He had given her, unbeknownst to me, a hope. That was her prayer. She knew that she was going to be suffering through, but what it gave her is also the possibility that this would end. Matter of fact, this will end. This will end. And we wept <laughs> and hugged. That's some people today, right here, that you are there, that it has been going on for a while. And maybe not even that little bit of hope is actually available to you. You don't see but won't fall down. You're just wobbling. You're just in a place of struggle. In a crowd like this, 30%, 40%, 50%. But his mercy is new every morning. And it is sometimes the problem side is ours. 
is that the ability to pull faith, that reserve that he has put in us, and to see the grace that is currently available to us. She needed that stupid little children's thing in order to remind her of who he was. Keep your reserve up. Because like her, you don't know what three months will bring. Let's continue to build our faith. I said, I was thinking about it this week. Can I have a storage of faith? Can, can there be a grace that is stored up? And then I, as I was just going through the scriptures in my mind, I realized that verse that says, um, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. So it seems like you can have levels of it. And I don't know if you're like me, but there's other times in my life where I have felt like I needed more grace than was being provided. And now I realize there is more grace available. But the trust side is where I'm, str I'm struggling on the trust side. Can my faith, can there be a reserve? It appears to be that there can be more faith than less faith. Matter of fact, the disciples said to him, increase our faith. And he doesn't say, ah, don't be stupid, you can't increase it. He actually says, you kind of asked a good thing. And it says, again, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say this mountain be there, moving the cast in the sea, and it will obey you. Whatever you ask, believing you have already received. You get that thing. So faith is something I can also have a reserve of. So when my trouble comes, I can draw on that faith. Now, I don't want to make these two things sound like powers, like a plug or something, because that grace and that faith is a person. It's that, that is Jesus Christ. That is, the, that is the source of those things. It is him that I have to draw near. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. For some of you, that is all you need to remember about today. Take it. You know what's great about prophecy? Or, or those kind, the words of the Lord, what's great is we get to share them. That, her story can be mine. Isn't that what's happening here? Is every time I read something in here, that was for another. But it gets to be for me in that moment. We call that, in some circles, we call that the rhema word, the word I need right now. It's available to you too. I've titled this message, Weebles and Cedars, because of the second story I'm going to tell. My wife and I were in Prince George a number of years ago. She knows numbers. I don't. I forget. I'm not good with numbers. But a number of years ago, we were in Prince George, and we were a part of a team up there that was running some meetings. And I was standing off to the side, and I see, I have to do this in my mind. Oh, yeah, it's over there. So I see this young lady with uh, two adult, looks like her mother and father, 
and I, I, the whole church is busy doing stuff, and I look over, and she is weeping and weeping and weeping. And these two people are over praying over her and, you know, trying to, I don't know, I don't know them. I don't know the girl. I just loosely know the pastor and his wife who happen to be praying. So I'm just standing there and I look over and I just said, Lord, do you want me to go over there and just be a support? And I get no answer, no emotional stir, no one way or another, no nothing. But I thought, so I waited a little while, and this is going on and on and on. And so I thought, oh, I'll just go. I think sometimes we wait for this leading, and then the power to do it comes when we make a decision. Because that's what happened to me. You know, in the, the, the guy who was beaten up and abandoned on the road, it says nothing like the Good Samaritan had the strong impression that the Holy Spirit was asking him to go help this man. He just saw a need, and he just went. And that was like me. I went, oh, I think I'll just, I'm uncomfortable with the long time this is going on. I have a bit of a heart of compassion. I'm going to, maybe I can do something. I could at least pray, support, or hear. So I see over there, so I've worked my way out of my row. I start heading over, and immediately I have a picture that pops into my mind. Now, how do I know that it's the Holy Spirit? Because it is a picture I have never seen, and it has nothing to do with what I am seeing there. It is completely outside of it. So as I'm walking over, I see a perfectly plowed field. You know, with the little bumps. I'm not a farmer. So those little bumps, wherever those bumps are, I see a field with all, it's all the brushes cleaned, all that, and it's got the little bumps, like it's ready to be planted. And I see this, in this picture, I see this rather burly-looking farmer guy, and he's got attached to his back cedar trees, weebles and cedars. That's the name of the message today, weebles and cedars. So he has these cedars kind of attached to his back, but they're like quite big already. Like they're like four-footers. And... Uh, I see him go, now one of the things I noticed is I'm left-handed and he was right-handed. That sounds unimportant, but it's another way that I knew this isn't me. It's not me in the picture. I noticed right away, oh, he's right-handed. So he walks up to the field, he grabs a cedar, and like a huge swing, he just goes bang. The cedar hits the ground and the roots just go like it had been there for years. He takes another step, he pulls it out, and he goes, bang, roots like it had been there for years. And he does this a couple times, and then it ends. So I walk over with this image, which means nothing to me. This girl had asked to be on the worship team for this conference. But she had been in a, an accident, a car accident, that like had broken her body from literally head to toe. And so by faith, she had said, I want to be on the worship team, but I don't know how long I can last. Because she couldn't stand for very long. Her whole body was racked in pain, head to toe. Many broken bones in this accident, you know, hospitalized for weeks. 
So she made it about a half an hour, which was pretty good. But then the pain was over, just overcame. So she was just sitting down. It wasn't distress. It was just physical pain. She was recovering from having to stand that long. So I walked over to her and I said, kind of like weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I said, I have this picture. And this is what I think it means. Is that there hasn't been any growth in your life for a long time. But the Lord wants to come and he wants to give you what you've lost. That is a, a That is a powerful image in scripture. It says, I will restore what the locust has eaten. So it's not like you get a harvest that is just for today. You get everything that you didn't get before. This incredible amount of grace that just overflows. And I said, he wants to give you what you have lost. And I don't know the story at all yet. I don't know anything about it. So we prayed in that moment that it would be restored the years that the locusts had eaten, and it would be as though those trees had been planted all that time. Instantly healed, head to toe. She had lived on painkillers. Instantly healed. We have a service that night, and she's on the worship team, two hours. She is standing up there, singing away. The next day we have a service, you cannot get her off that stage. She goes home to her husband that night, and she goes up, she goes to her medicine cabinet, you know, pain pills, picks up those, checks them out, completely healed. Do I have a preach clock? Oh, there it is. Okay, I better wrap up. Um... That is rare. I don't, has anybody seen a, like something as miraculous as that before? Instantaneous, physically, one, two. That tells me that is rare because this is a large group of people. My first story, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Jesus walking with you in the midst of your pain and not rescuing out of it. How many have had that experience? Oh, boy. <laughs> what, like 10 times the number? Because one is a miracle, and the other one is asking something of us, to trust him in the midst of the pain. There's a preacher, uh, maybe you're familiar with him, I won't mention his name, but he just lost his wife, very famous uh, preacher, just lost his wife maybe a year ago, one of the best sermons I've ever heard preached. He gets up in the pulpit three days after his wife has died, which is amazing. He says, I'm not going to miss this. He's going to preach like it was planned because he has reserve. Grace and faith is available to him. He's built up a reserve. And in this message, he says, he says, when we say we want to know Jesus, we typically mean, I want to know Jesus. But to fully know him is to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with him too. 
because he is also that guy. If I win every game, I have learned nothing. But if I will only know his level of faithfulness, if I have a a situation where it requires that I walk in a hard place to see his faithfulness, he is just not the miracle-working God. It says, you know, maybe a, a, a verse we most of us know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He is with me. The most dangerous prayer that we can pray is, Lord, I want to know you more. Because that may mean that he does not rescue me. It may mean that I just walk with him when it's hard. And he sees me out the other end. So he's like, yes. I think he agrees every time. I think every time I make that prayer, I've made it, you've made it, I want to know you more, I think he hears me. And then he's waiting for the opportunity to get to know him more. Two of my favorite verses are that it says, he is a man acquainted with sorrow. That's his nature. If, we're going to be more, if I'm going to be more like him, then I have to be acquainted too. I have to be able to walk in those painful places. And my other one is that he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his brethren. So who is Jesus? He is the happiest guy in the room, because that's what it says, above all his brethren. He's the happiest guy in the room. But who is he also? He can live in my pain too. He is acquainted with sorrow. And it's okay to be in that place, but I just need a reserve. I need faith. I need to acknowledge his grace. When I get up in the morning and I swing my feet over the side of the bed, good day, bad day, neutral day, I want to proclaim his mercy is new today because I don't know what it's going to bring. It's not most of my notes, but I think that's the place that the Holy Spirit wants us to be today. There's another group of people in the room. So, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. You're in the middle of something, and you need hope that he's going to walk you out. There are those who absolutely need a miracle today. There are those that I think that when you woke up this morning, that he said, enough is enough, and he wants to rescue you. He wants to be the rescuer, and miracles are available. That We believe in that. We believe that God is a miracle-working God. Now, there is another group of people here which everything is going really good. Now, that's great, because that means you have a reserve And maybe what you're supposed to do with it is minister to those other two groups of people. Maybe that's your role. We're going to have a a set now. We're going to have a a set. And uh, do you want the team to come up? We're going to have a worship set. 
And with those images in your mind, as we worship, uh, begin to build the reserve. (laughs) Worship him. Find that place of weakness. Maybe it's not hard to find. Find that place of strength. Maybe that's not hard to find. And submit yourself to it in worship. And then at, at Matthew's determination, if you want some prayer, if you want some uh, aid in that process, then we have people that are willing to pray with you. So if you want to come forward, you know, maybe grab a chair or just sit here. We'll have people that will come forward and just be with you to encourage you. And they will pray. If they say weebles wobble but they don't fall down, they're not crazy. They might have just heard the word of the Lord. <laughs>